All right, guys, uh, welcome to our sixth live author reading of the day. I'm going to step away uh, and grab a bite to eat, let my dogs out, and let Michael introduce himself, uh, tell you a little bit about his novel, Theft of Swords, which is volume one of the Rarier Revelations. And I, I'm almost talked out today, sorry about that, and have him read an excerpt from the novel. Uh, but Mr. Sullivan, uh, you can take it away. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, I'm here to do a reading, so something I don't normally do. Uh, as you mentioned, my name is Michael J. Sullivan. I write fantasy novels and at least one science fiction. And today I'm going to be reading from my very first published book, which is called Theft of Swords, which is actually an omnibus comprised of two books put together, uh, the first two books of a six-book series known as the Rayura Revelations. So without further ado, because I have, I believe, a time limit, hopefully I have to get done in somewhere around 15 minutes, uh, I'm going to try and do a reading. And like I said, this is not something I normally do, so bear with me. I'm going to do my best. So here we go. And uh, this is going to be chapter one, Stolen Letters. Hadrian could hear, Hadrian could see little in the darkness, but could hear them, the snapping of twigs, the crush of grass, and the brush of leaves. There were more than one, more than three, and they were closing in. Don't neither of you move, a harsh voice ordered from the shadows. We've got arrows aimed at your backs, and we'll drop you in your saddles if you try to run. The speaker was still in the dark eaves of the forest, just a vague movement among the naked branches. We're going to lighten your load a bit. Nobody needs to get hurt. Do as I say, and you'll keep your lives. Don't, and we'll take those too. Hadrian felt his stomach sink, knowing this was his fault. He glanced over at Royce, who sat beside him on his dirty gray mare with his hood up, his face hidden. His friend's head was bowed and shook slightly. Hadrian did not need to see his expression to know what it looked like. Sorry, he offered. Royce said nothing and just continued to shake his head. Before them stood a wall of fresh-cut brush blocking their way. Behind lay the long, moonlit corridor of empty road. Mist pooled in the dips and gullies, and somewhere an unseen trickle of water rushed over rocks. They were deep in the forest on the old southern road, engulfed in a long tunnel of oaks and ash whose slender branches reached out over the road, quivering and clacking in the cold autumn wind. Almost a day's ride from any town, Hadrian could not recall passing a single farmhouse in hours. They were on their own, in the middle of nowhere, the kind of place people never found bodies. The rush of leaves grew louder until at last the leaves, or at last the thieves stepped into the narrow band of moonlight. Hadrian counted four men with unshaved faces and drawn swords. They wore rough clothes, leather and wool, stained, worn, and filthy. With them was a girl wielding a bow, an arrow notched and aimed. She was dressed like the rest, in pants and boots, her hair a tangled mess. Each was covered in mud, a ground-in grime as if the whole lot slept in a dirt burrow. They don't look like they got much money, a man with a flat nose said. An inch or two taller than Hadrian, he was the largest of the party, a stocky brute with a thick neck and large hands. 
His lower lip looked to have been split about the same time his nose was broken. But they got bags of gear, the girl said. Her voice surprised him. She was young, and despite the dirt, cute, almost childlike. But her tone was aggressive, even vicious. Look at all the stuff they're carrying. What's with all the rope? Hadrian was uncertain if she was asking him or her fellows. Either way, he wasn't about to answer. He considered making a joke, but she didn't look like the type he could charm with a compliment and a smile. On top of that, she was pointing the arrow at him, and it looked like her arm might be growing tired. I claim the big sword on the fella's back, Flat Nose said. Looks right about my size. I'll take the other two he's carrying. This came from one with a scar that divided his face at a slight angle, crossing the bridge of his nose just high enough to save his eye. The girl aimed the point of her arrow at Royce. I want the little one's cloak. I'd look good in a fine black hood like that. With deep-set eyes and sun-baked skin, the man closest to Hadrian appeared to be the oldest. He took a step closer and grabbed hold of Hadrian's horse by the bit. Be real careful now. We've killed plenty of folks along this road. Stupid folks who didn't listen. You don't want to be stupid, do you? Hadrian shook his head. Good. Now drop them weapons, the thief said, and then climb down. What do you say, Royce? Hadrian asked. We give them a bit of coins and open gets hurt? Royce looked over. Two eyes peered out from the hood with a withering glare. I'm just saying we don't want any trouble, am I right? You don't want my opinion, Royce said. So you're gonna be stubborn. Silence. Hadrian shook his head and sighed. Why do you have to make everything so difficult? They're probably not bad people, just poor. You know, taking what they need to buy a loaf of bread to feed their family. Can you begrudge them that? Winter's coming and times are hard. He nodded his head in the direction of the thieves. Right? I ain't got no family, Flat Nose replied. I spent most of my coin on drink. You're not helping, Hadrian said. I'm not trying to. If you two do as you're told, we'll gut you right here. He emphasized this by pulling a long dagger from his belt and scrapping it loudly against the blade of his sword. A cold wind howled through the trees, bobbing branches and stripping away more foliage. Red and gold leaves flew, swirling in circles, buffeted by the gusts along the narrow road. Somewhere... In the dark, an owl hooted. Look, how about we give you half our money? My half. That way this won't be a total loss. I ain't asking for half, the man holding his mount said. We want it all right down to these here horses. Ah, wait a minute. Our horses. Taking a little coin is fine, but horse thieving. If you get caught, you'll hang. You know we'll report this at the first time we come to. Mm, you're from up north, aren't you? Yeah, left Medford yesterday. The man holding his horse nodded, and Hadrian noticed a small red tattoo on his neck. See, that's your problem. His face softened to a sympathetic expression that appeared more threatening by its intimacy. You're probably on your way to Colnora. 
nice city. Lots of shops, lots of fancy rich folk, lots of trading going on down there. And we get lots of people along this road carrying all kinds of stuff to sell to them fancy folks. But I'm guessing you ain't been south before, have you? Up in Melangar, King Amrath goes to the trouble of having soldiers patrol the roads. But here in Warwick, things are done a bit differently. Thutnose came closer, licking his split lip as he studied the spedone sword on his back. Are you saying theft is legal? No, but King Ethelred lives in a quest, and that's awful far from here. And the Earl of Chadwick, doesn't he administer these lands on behalf of the king? Archie Ballantyne? The mention of his name brought chuckles from the other thieves. Archie don't give a rat's ass what goes on in the common folk. He's too busy picking out what to wear. The man grinned, showing yellow teeth that grew at odd angles. So now, drop them swords and climb down. Afterward, you can walk on up to Ballantyne Castle, knock on old Archie's door and see what he does. Another round of laughter. Now, unless you think this is the perfect place to die, you're going to do as I say. You're right, Royce, Adrian said in resignation. Young clapsed his cloak and laid it across the rear of the saddle. We should have left the road, but honestly, I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. What were the odds? Judging from the fact that we're being robbed, pretty good, I think. Kind of ironic, Raira being robbed. <laughs> Almost funny. It's not funny. Did you say Raira? The man holding Hadrian's horse asked. Hadrian nodded and pulled his gloves off, tucking them into his belt. The man let go of his horse and took a step away. What's going on, Will? The girl asked. What's Raira? There's a pair of fellas in Melangar that call themselves that. He looked toward the others and lowered his voice a bit. I got connections up that way, remember? They say two guys calling themselves Raya work out of Medford, and I was told to keep my distance if I ever run across them. So what are you thinking, Will? Scarface asked. I'm thinking maybe we should clear the brush and let them ride through. What? Why? There's five of us and just two of them, Flatnose pointed out. But they're Raya. So what? So my associates up north, they ain't stupid. And they told everyone never to touch these two. And my associates ain't the squeamish types. If they say to avoid them, there's good reason. Flatnose looked at them again with a critical eye. Okay, but how do you know it's these two guys? You're just going to take their word for it? Will nodded toward Hadrian. Look at the swords he's carrying. A man wearing one, maybe he knows how to use it. Maybe not. Man carries two. He probably don't know nothing about swords, but he wants you to think he does. But a man carrying three swords, that's a lot of weight. No one's going to haul that much steel around unless he makes a living using them. Hadrian drew two swords from his side in a single elegant motion. He flipped one around, letting it spin against his palm once. Next, need to get a new grip on this one. It's starting to fray again. He looked at Will. Shall we get on with this? I believe you were about to rob us. The thieves shot uncertain glances to each other. Will? the girl asked. 
She was still holding the bow taunt, but looked decidedly less confident. Let's clear the brush out of the way and let them pass, Will said. You sure? Adrian asked. This man with the busted nose seems to have his heart set on getting a sword. That's okay, Flatnose said, looking up at Hadrian's blades as the moonlight glinted off the mirrored steel. Well, if you're sure. All five nodded, and Hadrian sheathed his weapons. Will planted his sword in the dirt and waved the others over as he hurried to clear the barricade of branches blocking the roadway. You know, you're doing this all wrong, Royce told him. The thieves stopped and looked up concerned. Royce shook his head, not clearing the brush. The robbery. You picked a nice spot, I'll give you that, but he should have come at us from both sides. And William, it, it is William, isn't it? Hadrian asked. The man winced and nodded. Yeah, William, most people are right-handed, so th those coming in close should approach from the left. Uh, that wouldn't Put, that would put us at a disadvantage, having to swing across their bodies at you. Those with bows should be on the right. And why just one bow? Royce asked. She could only hit one of us. <laughs> Couldn't even have done that, Hadrian said. Did you notice how long she held the bow bent? Either she's incredibly strong, which I doubt, or that's a homemade green bow with barely enough power to toss the arrow a few feet. Her part was just for show. I doubt she's ever even launched an arrow. Have two, the girl said. I'm a fine marksman. Adrian shook his head and smiled. You had your finger on the top of the shaft, dear. If you had released the feathers on the arrow, would have brushed your finger and the shot would have gone anywhere but where you wanted it to. Royce nodded. Invest in crossbows. Next time, stay hidden and just put a couple of bolts into each target's chest. All this talking is stupid. Royce! Adrian admonished. What? You're always saying I should be nicer to people. Just trying to be helpful. Don't listen to him. If you want some advice, try building a better barricade. Yeah, drop a tree across the road next time, Roy said, waving a hand toward the branches. He added, this is just pathetic. And cover your faces for Maribor's sake. Warwick isn't that big of a kingdom and people might remember you. Sure, Valentine isn't going to likely to bother tracking you down for a few petty highway robberies, but you're going to walk into a tavern one day and get a knife in your back. Royce turned to William. You were in the Crimson Hand, right? Will looked startled. No one said nothing about that. He stopped pulling on the branch he was working on. Didn't need to. The Hand requires all guild members to get that stupid tattoo on their necks. Royce turned to Hadrian. It's supposed to make them look tough, but all it really does is make it easy to identify them as thieves for the rest of their lives. Painting a red hand on everyone is pretty stupid when you think about it. That tattoo is supposed to be a hand, Adrian asked. Well, it was a little red chicken. But now that you mention it, a hand does make more sense. Royce looked back at Will and tilted his head to one side. Kind of does look like a chicken. Will clamped a palm over his neck. After the last of the brush was cleared... William asked, Who are you really? What exactly is Raira? The hand never told me. They, they just said to keep clear. Hm, we're nobody special, Adrian replied. Just a couple of travelers enjoying a ride on a cool autumn night. But seriously, Roy said, You need to listen to us if you're going to keep doing this. After all, we're going to take your advice. 
What advice? Royce gave a gentle kick to his horse and started forward on the road again. We're going to visit the Earl of Chadwick. But don't worry, we won't mention you. There you go. Why do you not do more readings? <laughs> that, more that was great. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so, uh, so you actually, did you just finish the legends of the first empire? Cause I know, I know book six just came out. Was that the finale or do you have another one? On tap? I just finished the legends of the first empire. Um, <laughs> the last book just came out or is coming out in still fun forms. I think the ebook is available, but, um, we're still waiting on the prints cause I know I have a huge shipment coming in this next week that I have to go sign. So that will comprise the last of Legends of the First Empire. But I mean, I wrote that a long time ago. I'm already working on the third book of the next series. So, cause I, I tend to write all the books. I won't release the first book until all the books in the series have been written. So that I, I understand how they all go together. I don't like the idea of, you know, not being able to change things if I need to. And it's getting pretty bad because all my series are kind of linked. So that's kind of a problem for me because I have to keep going back and making sure everything lines up. So it just keeps becoming longer and longer process. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, so I, I, so I guess, uh, will the, will the next series, will that start, I guess, in 2021? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just didn't uh, know I mean, if I, you I do like, like, I would like that. Yes. Gotcha. I just didn't know if you do, you know, like a release a year. Do you try to do two a year? I guess it depends on if you're in the middle of a series um, or, you know, since since Legends of the First Empire is, is now complete, if you'll take the rest of the year and then, you know, you'll start ramping up, you know, promotion and, and beta reading and so forth for your next series. And I, I, I guess it'll do 2021. Yeah, I, I don't do any of that stuff. Uh, I just write. Um, <laughs> I, I'm always two or three books ahead. And my wife basically is the one who decides what the timeline is. I mean, cause she, it's not just her. I mean, she's, she's working with audible studios and other publishers and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's a fairly involved project that she's working on. So I kind of let the smart people who know how to do marketing, do the marketing part of it. So yeah, they, they, they're planning it. I think they want to have it for 2021. I think my wife always likes to have me having at least one in case you didn't know I mean, my wife is my publicist and my first alpha reader and, and my agent and just about everything else you can imagine. Uh, yeah. She's also probably one of the most knowledgeable people in publishing today, which is a huge advantage. But uh, she'll be the one figuring out when the best time to drop that book is. But I mean, at the same time, we rushed very hard to get this last series out because the last uh, three books were kind of cliffhangerish, and mm -hmm. I didn't like leaving readers in the lurch because that really is bad when you're like, oh, I have to wait a year for this. So we pushed very hard to get all three of those books out. And as a result of that, uh, you know, we're kind of burnt out right now. So we're kind of slowing down just a little bit and letting me take my time to make a good series. I gotcha. Yeah, I remember uh, working with uh, with your wife on uh, Disappearance of Winter's Daughter. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to to do a beta read for it, and I've got them over here on my shelf. They're on the bottom, but I've got the, the like the leather bound edition and the paperback edition and and all that stuff because I, I loved that book, and I think it was actually the first novel of yours that I read. Uh, and like I said, just happened to have the opportunity to, to do a beta read and send feedback and stuff. So yeah, she is, she is amazing uh, at what she does because she does, she does a lot, you know, especially for, for early stuff. And then once the book comes out, so um, 
But yeah, uh, uh, Age of Empire is on Audible as well. So uh, if, if anybody listens to audiobooks, uh, Tim Gerard Reynolds, I think he's done all of your books so far, right? And that's why I don't do readings. <laughs> I have Tim Gerard Reynolds. I mean, when you have Hadrian swinging the sword for you, you don't get in the way. I mean, that's what happens. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so he does he does all of your audiobooks, and he's he's obviously absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I, I've loved every single book I've, I've heard him read. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so definitely check out Legends of the Empire that everybody tuning in, uh, but definitely choice, uh, uh check out Royce and Hadrian's adventures, uh, in, in, uh, Sullivan's earlier novels, uh, the Chronicles and, uh, Revelations, and I'm probably missing something, I'm sure, <laughs> or is it just those two series? Uh, the two main series, the next one's going to be... It's tentatively called The Rise and Fall, which links those two series together. Plus, I have Hollow World, which is a science fiction novel, and a bunch of short stories. So. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, uh, Michael, uh, thank you so much. I know this was uh, kind of last minute <laughs> getting you in to read. but And I know, you, obviously, you say that you don't do this very often. So it, it is. I think I've done this four times a, in 10 years. So oh, so I, I feel I feel you know, amazing that you were able to, to do it. So just thank you so much for taking the time to come read. Uh, everybody check out Sullivan's works. If you haven't already, uh, highly recommend it. Um, and yeah, just thank you again and hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and stay safe and good luck with the next trilogy. And, and you need to ice your throat after that. <laughs> yeah, I've got one more panel and one more reader and I'm done and I can pass out. <laughs> All right. Thank you for letting me come and, and hopefully not make too big a fool of myself. <laughs> no, you were fantastic. Thank you so much, Michael. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.